You're listening to the Vineyard Church's UK and Ireland podcast. The following talk was taken from our youth festival, Dreaming the Impossible, over the summer. Tickets for DTI 2023 are now available to buy, and you can either pay for the full ticket price up front or pay it in six instalments, helping to spread out the cost. Just head to dreamingtheimpossible.org to find out more. Okay, we believe that nothing is impossible with God. Who's seen those signs around? You guys seen it in the program? And um, today, to help us understand what that means, I want to talk all about God's power. Okay, so I've got a story for you to start off. Who's up for a story? Yeah? Okay, this was years ago when I was a student. And uh, we used to go out as our student small group into the community. And we'd go into the community to kind of try and show Jesus' love in practical ways. So we'd go out, I don't know, uh, we'd go knocking on people's doors and we'd be like, oh, does anybody here need their car washing or washing up or gardening or anything like that? Anyway, this one door we get to, we knock on the door, rat-a-tat-tat. They open the door and they say, no, we don't need any of those things. Um, But do you unblock drains? And I was like... "Um, Do I look like somebody who unblocks drains? No. But my mate just went, oh yeah, we can give that a go. And I'm like, what are you doing? Anyway, next thing I know, we're in B&Q, okay? And we're buying these absolutely massive poles and they've got these like spiky things on the end. And we spend the whole day trying to unblock these drains. What you need to know about the drains is it wasn't just one drain that was full. It was the whole street, okay? And the drains were full of what smelt like and looked like gone off chicken korma. Okay, it was absolutely rank. And just imagine one of the drains is here. I'm over it and I'm like, you know, like a few times dry heaving, whatever, all day shoving these like poles up and down these drains. I'm so annoyed. I'm just like, why did we ever say yes to this? Where as a last resort and almost as a bit of a joke, definitely as a last resort, I lay my hands over the drains. You guys know what's coming. And I'm like, in the name of Jesus, drains unblock. And what happens is I hear this. The coma starts to bubble. It bubbles itself away and all of those drains unblock. Honestly, it was the most unbelievable situation. Like, I couldn't actually believe that that happened. I still can't believe that it happened now. And the guys who owned the house, clearly also couldn't believe it happened. And it sounds kind of random, but we ended up getting to share a little bit about Jesus with those guys because of what happened. And I know that's a funny story, but it's a bizarre moment in my life that I will never, ever forget. Because God used that moment to show me something of his power, that his power is far more incredible than I can ever understand. And if in his his name, drains can unblock, then surely his power is here to, to heal and to restore and to change lives. So this morning, what we're gonna be doing is we're gonna be talking all about God's power and we're gonna be jumping around a little bit, but there's one verse we've got. It's in Acts 1, verse eight. So if you've got a Bible, let's go to it. There we go. Loads of you have, love that, okay. It was on the right page, but I think the wind has had a bit of a problem. Okay, here we go. Acts 1, verse eight says this. But you will receive... What does it say? Power. Well, come on, let's try again. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends 
of the earth. And what this verse is, is we're gonna try and understand it today. It's a promise because what happens in Acts chapter two is the disciples were waiting for the promise of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes and there's this display of his power everywhere. They're doing the stuff the disciples, they're doing the stuff that Jesus told them to do. Okay, you might think, well, what, what did Jesus tell them to do? What were they meant to do? Jesus said this in Matthew, as you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven, just been singing about the kingdom in those songs. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, now freely give. And what these aren't, guys, is this is not like Jesus' Amazon wish list. He's not just like, oh, like if you wanna go for it, go for it. These are commands. And the disciples, they absolutely go for it. There's this explosion of power. In fact, on one day, 3,000 people come to know Jesus. Miracles are happening everywhere. And the crazy thing is this, is that we can experience God's power here today. Some of, we just experienced some of that in the worship just now. I've got a few more stories for you. There's this young lady called Jocelyn who's in my year 11 small group. Are you here? Yeah, over here, ladies. Love you guys. Well, Jocelyn was, was born about 16 years ago. And while she was like cooking inside her mum's womb, they went to the, um, the doctors and they had a scan. And uh, the doctors said to her parents, they said, oh, um, there's, there's a little bit of a problem with the scan. Um, your daughter is going to be born with a cleft lip. Now, you might not know what that is. I'm not a doctor. I don't know super know what that is. But it would mean that her, her lip would be a slightly different shape. And it would, have prob- it would mean that she'd have problems when she's born, potentially with feeding, and potentially even she'd have to have an operation. And we've got a little slide for you. A little bit picture. Okay. Bear in mind, my friends, this is a long time ago. It's an ultrasound. So, everybody hold your face like this. And we're going to tip it. I need to go the right way. Is it that way? Can you see the lip? Can you see that on there? Everyone's like, nah, can't. So it's, it's how do I point best? I don't know how to point on the cameras, I can't. There's a, the, you basically can see, like, if, if you can see the white bit is, is like the gums, and just below it, you can see the lip. Can you see that now? Yeah? Give me a wave if you can see it. It's very important you can see it. Okay, most of you can. If you can't, turn to the person next to you and find out where it is before we move on so you can see. Okay, can we all see the problem on that scan? Okay. Well, this has become like one of those magic eye sort of situations. Brilliant. So that is a medical scan. And when Jocelyn was born, there was absolutely no sign of a cleft lip. Here's a picture of her as a little girl. There she is. There she is. An amazing story. An amazing, amazing story. God's power healing a cleft lip. And what happened is, is that Jocelyn's parents, they, people in the church, her friends, her family, they prayed for her. God's power healed that cleft lip. And they went back to the doctors and they said to the doctor, does this sort of thing happen or is it a miracle? And uh, apparently the doctor said, well, you know, we don't really use the word miracle. Um, but it's never happened. We've never seen it happen. And medically it's unexplainable. So uh, miracle. Absolute miracle, God's power healing scars. 
You know, after, um, after DTI last summer, we had some amazing stories of God's power breaking through. And there was this one young lady who had been struggling with her mental health during the lockdown, like lots of you had, and she'd ended up self-harming. And she wrote to us, and this is what she said in her own words. I had some pretty ugly dark scars, which I was very self-conscious about. I had an encounter today with the Holy Spirit, and I had an image of those scars being wiped away and vanishing, but I just kind of thought it was my imagination. Anyway, I went to check, and they were gone. An amazing story. Because you see, God's power is here to heal. On that occasion, to heal self-harming scars, and we know that that story's legit because we've checked it out. What about this story? A few years back, Sean and Elliot, they came to DTI. They went back home on fire for Jesus. They were in a science lesson learning about the Big Bang Theory. Their mate was there who didn't know anything about God, didn't believe in God, but he had a headache. And one of those boys says to him, I can prove to you right now that God's, that God's real. I mean, that's pretty bold, isn't it? We're gonna pray for your headache and it's gonna get healed, which, again, bold. So they pray for that headache and what happens? it gets healed, and they end up being able to share the story, being able to share about Jesus with him. Another amazing story. These are just a few stories, but honestly, guys, I could go on and on and on telling stories of how I've seen the power of God impact lives, impact my own life, impact some of your lives, impact some of my friends and family, because God's power is here. Nothing is impossible with God. And I don't know what you, what you make of those stories. I mean, maybe you're sitting here and thinking like, have these guys like got some sort of like, ooh, like magic kind of powers or something? Do I spend my evenings like on YouTube trying to learn how to unblock drains? You know, imagine if I did that, that'd be pretty sad, wouldn't it? But it's not, it's God's power. That's the thing you guys have got to understand. The point is this, it's God's power. These amazing things happen because of God's power. Remember this Bible verse? Let's read it together. It's coming up. Let's go. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Oh, sorry, they're going to say, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Love that. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. So we're gonna look at those two sentences this morning. We're gonna look at that first one first. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And I don't know if you guys have heard of um, somebody in the Bible called Paul. Paul's this really interesting character who wrote loads of the New Testament. And his story is amazing because he went from like wanting to like kill and persecute Christians to meeting Jesus, having his life totally flipped around. And then he spends his life literally seeing God's power at work and building the church. And one of the books he wrote is this, is Ephesians. And in it, he says this, Ephesians 1 verse 13 says this, when you believed in Christ, so it's talking about like when you became a Christian, he, Jesus, identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. And you guys need to understand this today, that if you're here and you're following Jesus, then God's power, the Holy Spirit, lives inside of you. It's, it's, it's an absolute done deal. And when we're talking about the Holy Spirit, like coming and living inside of us, we're not talking about a like ghost kind of thing, not that kind of spirit. We're not talking about a, some sort of weird zorbing force, like, may the force be with you. Like we're talking about the third person of God. First night, we spoke about God the Father. 
We've been speaking about God the Son, Jesus. Today we're speaking about the third person of God. One God, three persons, the Holy Spirit. And it's his power that lives inside of you. And you might be thinking, well, what's this kind of power like? Well, let's read because it tells us in the Bible. Verse, Ephesians 1 verse 19. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. This is the bit. That power is the same as the mighty strength that he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rulers and authority and power, not only in this age, but in the age to come. That prayer that Paul prayed, he's praying, guys, I pray that you might have power, you might understand something of God's power. That's my prayer, that's our prayer for you guys over 2,000 years later. I'm longing that every single one of you would get this, that you would understand something of God's power in your life because honestly, it's like bonkers. It's absolutely bonkers because the Bible is saying the same power that rose Jesus from the dead, literally lives in you. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Resurrection power lives in you. Tell your mate, resurrection power lives in me. Resurrection power lives in you. It lives in me, it lives in you and it changes everything. Okay, who here is learning to drive? Who can drive? I failed my first test. Don't worry if you fail yours, it's gonna be all right. I cried all day. But anyway, I drive a Vauxhall Corsa. Okay, yeah, I know. I know, it's not necessarily the most flashy car. Here I, here I am with my sunglasses. This was actually taken on that day when it was 41 degrees or whatever. And um, this is, oh, let's go back to the car. Is that cool? That's my car. Okay, there's nothing special about my Corsa. I love it but there's nothing special about it. It's got a 1.4 engine, which means some of you are like, I don't really care about that. But it means that when you're like trying to drive fast or drive up a hill, particularly if you've got loads of people in it, like it goes real, real slow. However, just imagine for a moment, if I took that 1.4 engine out and I pimped up my car a little bit and I replaced the engine with a rocket engine, it would look a little bit more like this. <laughs> Okay, a rocket engine, a rocket engine. Imagine the power. Like, guys, I could get to Mars in no time. I could get to Mackey's whenever I wanted. I'd be the fastest person there. It'd be absolutely amazing. Incredible power would be inside something normal. And that is a little bit of a picture about what Paul is going on here. We are normal people. Norm well, most of us normal. Normal people filled with incredible power. You know, I've got no magical powers to unblock a drain. Like, Jocelyn's parents, no powers to heal a cleft lip. No power to heal self-harming scars. No power to heal a headache. But when God's power flows through us, anything can happen. Anything can happen. And I wanna encourage you with all I've got to be people of his presence. The power is in his presence. We've just seen as we've worshipped. Literally, when we, when we worship, we wait on God's, on God's presence his power comes. And as we're waiting, some of you are experiencing his power and you're, and you're feeling freedom and you're seeing chains being lifted off. His power is in his presence. And when we encounter him, we experience his intimacy and his peace and his love and his kindness. But guys, 
that's kind of incomplete because when we receive God's, God's power and we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we also receive this incredible supernatural courage and boldness. It can't just be about sitting in these meetings. We're filled with a courage and a boldness. You might be thinking, well, why am I filled with a courage and a boldness? Because what does the second sentence of our verse say? First one says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will be my witnesses and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. Anyone here been to Jerusalem? Oh, down there you have. I'm guessing in here the geography of the Holy Land is not necessarily brilliant. I could tell you a few stories of my trip to Jerusalem, but all my friends, especially Ziga, are very bored of that, so I won't. But what Jesus is essentially saying is he's saying, go and tell people about me, like, where you live. A little bit further, a little bit further, and to the ends of the earth. So where's the Londoners? Oh! Some in front of me, some over here, Londoners. It's a little bit like saying, most of us probably know a bit about London. It's like saying, like, go to your school in London. Where are you from? Where? Wembley. Love that. Okay, that's a great place to live. It's like saying, like, you're at Wembley. You go to school in Wembley, and you tell your friends there about Jesus. But it's then like saying, hey, we fancy on a Saturday, we're going to go now to the London Eye, okay? We're going a bit further. Tell people there about Jesus. Okay, we're going on a road trip to Stafford. Let's tell people there about Jesus. We're now going to go to Wales and to Scotland, Northern Ireland. Love that. Tell those people about Jesus. Then we're going to go to Portugal and tell them about Jesus. We're going to go to the ends of the earth. The point Jesus is making is he's saying, this stuff, my power, is not just for here. It's for out there. It's for out there. This resurrection power is not just for our benefit. He told his disciples, remember, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out the demons, basically show people God's power. Because when you do, people might just see him. And God's strategy, I know it sounds nuts. God's strategy to show a broken and a hurting world, his love, it's by using you guys. And uh, Laura talked a little bit about this this morning, but last, yesterday morning, but I don't know if you've noticed but this world right, right, right now, as I look around, it feels pretty messed up, doesn't it? You know, there's, I get my BBC app out and I look at places like what's going on in Ukraine and Afghanistan and Sri Lanka and I see the pain on the faces of people. We've got huge issues with our, our climate. I mean, our government, let's not even get into that. All over the place at the moment. Many people are feeling hopeless. They're feeling hopeless. And I saw something in the news during the lockdown. This is what the title of the newspaper said or the news article, it said, British teens are amongst the most unhappy in the world. And I read that, and I don't know whether it's true or not. I didn't like look into all the stats and that. But it broke my heart because I, I looked at it and I thought, even if that's just a little bit true, what a sad place to be. British teenagers are amongst some of the most unhappy in the world. And I don't know what you see when you look around, but I see a lot of pain in your generation. I see a lot of hopelessness. I see a lot of young people being like, what's the point? Where do I turn for my future? Where does my hope come from? And guys, the thing is, in, in Jesus, in your hands, if you know Jesus, you have the hope for the world. You have hope for the world. And you have a choice. We have a choice. What do we do? Do we just hold on to the hope? The hope? 
or do we share it? You will be my witnesses, telling, me about, telling people about me everywhere. And I don't think your generation needs another viral TikTok video. Like, I don't think it needs, sorry, another series of Love Island. It definitely doesn't need us to spend any more time like wasting times on our phone. What your generation needs, honestly, is a genuine move of God. Like a genuine move of God. Like young people who... Like young people who actually know who they are. Like I'm sick and tired of looking at young people who are like, I don't know who... Yes, you're a child of God. You're loved and you're known by God and you have hope in your hands to a hurting and a broken world that you can say, I can point you. I can point you to somebody who loves you and knows you and is for you and is a father and you can come running to him just like I did. The question is this, like, are you gonna go for it? Are you? Yeah. Are you gonna go for it? And you might be thinking, well, this sounds like pretty pretty big deal. Like, I'm not going to like change a generation. Well, it starts by one person at a time. It starts by going for it. And it starts with people like you over there stepping out. It starts with like you guys stepping out. You guys stepping out. Like my mate Robin, who, who came to DTI and she was in our youth group, she came broken and hurting. She met Jesus. Her life flipped around. She went home, she spoke to her other sister who lived in a different city, invited her to Soul Survivor. On the last night, she ended up coming to know Jesus. That person is now telling young people about Jesus. That's, that's the role she is. You see, there's a chain effect. One thing leads to another, which leads to another. And you might be here, sat here today, I don't know, thinking, oh, I'd love to go for it. I'd love to be a part of like, literally seeing a generation change because I do believe that nothing is impossible with God, but... There's barriers. Do any of you feel like there's barriers that stop you doing this stuff? Yeah? I hear some, <clears throat> yeah, with you. Because I think there's barriers, and there's barriers that stop me, and I've got three statements, because I think there's barriers that all of us probably come into. The first one is this, number one, I'm too scared or I don't feel confident with this stuff. Who's felt like that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you feel like that, I've got good news for you, because... Paul in the Bible that we've just been reading what he wrote, he totally got this stuff. He actually said this, God's power is made perfect in my weakness. God's power is made perfect in my weakness. He's saying, when I'm weak, actually I'm strong because it's not about me and about my power. It's about him and it's about his power. And I love this because the kingdom way, the Jesus way, it's like, it's like the world would say this, but the Jesus way and the kingdom way is upside down. Because Paul, you could think he's some kind of, I don't know, biblical Superman or something, da, 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 I don't know. But um, he knew he was weak. He knew that it was God's power. Who here was at the last night of Soul Survivor? Yes, yeah, some of you were there. Well, um, Zeke and I were there and we were sharing a little bit about DTI. And I'm sorry to say we were staying off site, so please don't hate us. Um, but we went back to the hotel one night and um, we were absolutely spent. I was spent. And I got to the point where I was like, I cannot talk to another person. You know, I don't know, some of you are probably already feeling like that this week. But I got to that point, and uh, we were faffing around trying to sort something on the iPad. We ended up in reception for ages. And uh, we ended up talking to the receptionist. And as I was talking to the receptionist, she was like, she just kept like itching her eye. And um, I, I just went, what's wrong with your eye? Well, not, maybe not so aggressively. What's wrong with your eye? 
And uh, she was like, oh, it's itching, it's burning, it has been for ages. And then I was like, what am I doing? Now I'm gonna have to offer to pray for her. And I just thought, oh no. This is, I just can't think of anything worse right now. Like, I just wanna go to bed. I felt so weak, tired, a bit scared. And then I thought, I'm preaching tomorrow on some of this stuff. I've got no integrity, so I'm gonna have to go for it. Anyway, so I say to her, um, has anyone ever prayed for you? To which she said, no, but I wish they would. And I thought, this is an open goal now. And um, so, I, uh, so I said, to her, okay, well, we, you know, we believe in Jesus. We're gonna we pray for you. And um, she was on the reception desk. Zeke, by this point, joined in. We were like, leaning over. And honestly, I prayed the most simple prayers. The whole thing lasted probably 30 seconds. I said to her, either you can have your eyes open or you can close your eyes whatever you feel most comfortable. So she had, I said, I'm gonna pray with my eyes open. She had her eyes open. Where's the camera? This one? This one? I don't know. But anyway, wherever it is, she was like literally like staring like this. And I was staring. And well, yeah, like this. Like, and I was like, in the name of Jesus, like, I just command that eye to be healed. And it's staring and it's, awkward, it's, it's a bit awkward. But after about a few seconds, what happened is she started to relax. She started to encounter God's presence. And then I jumped in and was like, how's your eye? And she was like, I'm not even being funny, but like, as soon as you guys start, mentioned the name of Jesus, something started to happen. And that eye is now totally better. And it was an amazing, amazing moment. I don't know who was more surprised, guys, like me or her. Because I had nothing. Honestly, I was so weak and tired in that moment. But we were able to say to her, hey, Jesus loves you. He's real. He knows you. And he wants a relationship with you. So if you're here and you feel like not confident, you feel weak, you feel a bit scared, remember, it's not about you. It's not about you and your credentials. No amount of like level nines in your GCSEs is going to cut it. It's his power in your weakness. And this is also pretty good because if it's not about us, then it's okay if we pray for people and they don't get healed. Anybody ever prayed for someone that's not been healed? Yeah, yeah. And guys, this can be so hard. You know, there's many, many prayers that I've prayed where God hasn't answered the prayer in the way I want. There will be some of you sat in this room today and the things that are going on in your life are so, so, so challenging pain and, 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 and prayers and things you're saying, God, why can't you heal this? Just this week I saw um, on Instas, I saw like somebody telling a story about a finger being healed. And I listened to it and I thought, that's great. Like someone's finger's been healed. And then I just thought, well, what about the person who's dying of cancer? How do they take that? And this stuff, guys, it's hard. And as the church and as Christian young people, we have to understand this. Whether or not someone gets healed, it is never, ever, ever an indication or a measure of whether God loves someone. God loves you completely, just as you are. Sometimes we see God's kingdom like break through right now. We see instant healing. Sometimes we don't, it happens over time. And sometimes we don't this side of heaven. We live between the miracle and the mystery. And it can be incredibly painful and we have to be, stand alongside each other and be compassionate and pray for each other and hold on to the goodness of God. Knowing that one day there will be no more tears and no pain and no more sickness and, and no more sadness. We have to be kind and compassionate, but we also have to be obedient and the scriptures are clear. Let's keep going for it, let's keep praying for God to come and to heal. Okay, number two, 
Who feels like this? I want to step out, but I don't really feel good enough. I don't think I've got what it takes. Anyone feel like that? Those of you feel like that. You know what? I used to look at stages like this, and I would think the people that stood on the stage, they were like some, I don't know, superheroes or something. They were like the super Christians. Every prayer that they prayed must get answered. You know, maybe they see like everyone, someone raised from the dead, like maybe every five minutes or something. You know, maybe every prophetic word they have is just absolutely bang on and they're living in this kind of spiritual kind of like zone or something. And then something happened. But I started to stand on stages like this. And I would stand here in my weakness, like with my insecurities, with my hang-ups, with my unanswered prayers. And I realized something that there's no special people, guys. Everybody gets to play. God wants to use everybody. And a few years back, in our youth group, there was a young man called Max who had a lifelong dairy allergy. So, and I knew it was really annoying because every time we took him on a trip, we had to make sure we had all the lactose things going on, lactose-free. And um, he, got, he got healed of, of that. And he was like chugging the milk out of the fridge. He was um, eating pizza. He was having like the time of his life and um, just absolutely loving it. Who do you think prayed for him? Come on, give me some ideas. You, you, me? Nah. It wasn't me, guys. Exactly. It wasn't me. It wasn't anybody stood on this stage. It wasn't a youth leader. It was a young person who had complex additional needs. A young person who would never, ever pass a GCSE or go to university. But yet, God used him a young boy with a willingness to go for it. And God's power moved through his prayers. Everybody gets to play. I'll never, ever forget that story. So if you found yourself sitting here and thinking, I'm not good enough, I'm not clever enough, I'm not holy enough, I'm not whatever enough, there's no super Christians. If that's what you think, guys, you're absolutely wrong. There's no super Christians. God wants to use all of us. Okay, last one before we work out how we're actually gonna do this stuff. I don't want to be weird or awkward. Who's with me? Yeah, okay. Uh, I've definitely found myself thinking this thing. I just don't want to be like a weird kind of Christian, you know what I mean? Enough weirdos out there. Um, just last month, Laura and I, who spoke yesterday, we went on a big night out in Birmingham. When I say big night out, we went, we went for dinner. Where's Birmingham? That's as big as it gets when you're my age. Anyway, we went to this restaurant called Holy Moly Macaroni. You been there? Nah. Okay, it's amazing. Honestly, it's the most amazing. Like, anyway, this is not part of the thing. But anyway, we're in this Holy Moly Macaroni restaurant. Do you remember it? Yeah, yeah Laura remembers it. Best night of her life. And um, <laughs> it was pretty funny, actually. Anyway, um, and the waitress comes up to us and she's wearing like a cast type thing. And I say, well, what's happened to your arm? And she tells me she broke her arm a few days back and it's gonna take this long to heal, whatever. She goes away and I say to Laura, when she comes back, we're gonna pray for her. Or I am and you can join in. No, no, I just suggested it, but she was obviously wanting to join in. And, um, and then I just thought, oh, you know, we're having a really nice time. This waitress is actually quite super cool, a lot cooler than, than I am. And I just thought it's gonna be weird. It's gonna, she's going to come with a macaroni and I'm going to be praying and it's just all going to be a bit strange. And so did I pray for her? No. No, I didn't. 
I didn't pray for it. And I've thought about that moment many times since because I absolutely bottled it. And I'm telling you that story because I want you to understand, like, I don't have like walking this super courage all the time. I've seen God's power at work, but I don't go for it all the time. But I want to. I want to. It's so easy to feel intimidated. It's so easy to think, oh, they're going to think I'm so weird or whatever. And I wonder, DTI, if we can make a deal with each other. Can we just not be weird about it? Is that all right? Like, can we be chilled out? When we're praying for people, we don't need to be like, come, come, come. Like, we don't need to do that. We can be naturally supernatural. Some of you are like, naturally what? Like, naturally supernatural. Doing the stuff the Bible talks about, but not being weird. And so what we're going to do is I'm going to give you some tips for how to do that. It's going to be super quick because I want you to be able to do it, um, I don't know, when you're on the bus, when you're at a football match, when you're at the cinema, when you're at school. Super, super quick. Because this place is the best place to learn. It's the best place to learn, but we've got to take this stuff out, out there. Because as this passage says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes and you guys, you've received the power. You have his power. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. Guys, we've got to go for it. And so I'm gonna, we're going to teach you how to do that. Is that okay? Yeah? Lizzie's going to help me. Welcome, Lizzie. Here she is. Oh. Well, you look like, like you're sponsored by DTI. I love yeah, it. Yeah, I should be, I think. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, Lizzie's a friend of mine, close in age. And... Um, from my home church, and, and uh, how's, how's, well, just tell us for a moment, how's DTI going? Better now it's not raining, to be honest, like, my tent is dry, mm. my clothes are dry, and I'm having a good time now that the sun is out, so Love yeah. That. Don't, probably don't look at the forecast, but anyway. Yeah, Okay, no. <laughs> so we want this stuff to be really simple out there. It, what I'm going to do is we're going to talk about it, and then we're going to do it, okay? We're going to talk about it, and we're going to do it. So we've got five steps for you. Lizzie's going to talk through the first one. What is it? All right, so the first step is the interview stage. Interview, okay. We're going to do a bit of role play because that's the best way we can, okay. Imagine for a second, where do, you want to, where do you want to be? McDonald's. Okay, we're in Mackey's, okay. I'm in Mackey's. Lizzie's in Mackey's. I'm ordering my chicken selects, but whilst I'm there, I, I see out the corner of my eye someone who looks like they've hurt, hurt their leg. So I'm thinking, hmm, perhaps this good acting there. So I wander over. And this interview said, like, hi. Hello. Oh, hello. Wonderful. Um, what's, what's your name? Oh, I'm Penelope. What are you ordering today? Um, a Galaxy McFlurry, yeah. Oh, not Oreo? Mm, no, sorry. Okay, great, great. Well, um, this might sound a bit strange, but I, I saw that you've maybe a bit limping, and I'm, I'm a Christian. I believe that God can heal. I wondered if you wanted me to try praying for your hip. For oh, you. yeah, that'd be brilliant. Thank you, yeah. I mean, that's a great response. At that stage, they might say no, in which case you're like, great, enjoy the McFlurry. Um, but she said yes. We're like, okay, interview stage. We're like, wonderful. So you've hurt your leg. We're going to move on to step two. What's that? Measuring stage. Measuring stage. Mm -hmm. Step one, interview, find out. Step two, measure. Okay, so we're going to have a look at this leg. How's it feeling? Uh, not that great, actually. No. Not now, is it? So, what, so, so a good thing to say with something physical is to say out of 10... How much does it hurt? Okay, you don't have to do this, but it helps because then if we're praying for somebody and it changes, we actually know. So what's that out of a 10? I'd say a nine. Nine. Yeah. Obviously, this is role play, just remember, role play. So we found out, and is there anything you can't do? Can't really bend it. Walking's a bit of so a pain, if we, so, yeah. so you can say, so if we prayed for it and suddenly you can do like a, I was going to do a high kick there, but I just, <laughs> I was, I've restrained myself. Great. Um, that would be funny. Um, so, so, so yeah, so she can't kick it. 
So that's, so that's the second stage, measuring. Then we're gonna pray. So why don't you come this way and pray so these guys can see. We're gonna pray for you. And uh, if, if, if we're in here, we can, do it in a, you know, we can do it in a slightly different way. You might wanna invite them to close their eyes, just so they're not, dist- literally so they're not distracted. Um, and you might wanna put your hands out in here. If you're in McDonald's at the queue, probably you don't really need to do that. But I'd say, I'd say, to, I'd say to you, oh, is it okay if I lay a hand where it hurts? Is that okay? That is okay. That's okay. Okay, guys, it needs to be in an appropriate place. You know what I mean, okay? Oh, thank you for that. That's a bit of a, a, vis- point out. Just a, bit point of a visual out. representation. Okay, so I'm laying my hands on here and I'm gonna start to pray. And when I'm praying, this is really important, what I'm not doing is begging God. I'm like, oh God, please, please, please. Please, would you heal the knee? Please heal the knee. She just needs to be able to, please heal the knee. And we don't need to do that because we have the authority. We have the power so we can command the knee in Jesus' name to be healed. So we speak to the knee and we say, in the name of Jesus, be healed. You might want to, I don't know, it could be a ligament thing, it could be a muscle thing, we don't know. So you might want to say you speak to the ligaments and to the muscles as well. We pray, we invite the Holy Spirit, we watch, we wait, just like we've been doing. And then we need to move on to the next stage, which is what? Stage four is the checking stage. Check. We're checking, okay? We're checking to see what's going on. So I'll be like, oh, we've prayed. What is anything going on? Whoa. Seems to be a bit of healing going on. Yeah, just what a is bit. It, what is it now out of 10? Uh, I'd give it a six. Six, okay. So it's now a six out of 10. So in this situation, Lizzie's feeling like there is some sort of sense of physical healing going on. And you might want to say, do you want me to, sounds like something's happening, do you want me to pray again? No, my McFlurry's ready, so. Great, great. Well, God loves you, see you later. You can finish it literally like that, or you could pray again. Or if nothing's happening, you can still pray again. You know what happens one time, Jesus actually prays for something three times. So if he gets three times, we get loads of times. No problem at all. So we're praying and then Lizzie's, so do you want some more prayer? No, thank you. No, nah. so we got on to stage five. Stage five is the go stage. The go stage. And you've got to work out how to end this conversation well. What you need to do is, the, any, if anybody's going to leave this conversation feeling awkward or embarrassed, it's you, not them. Okay? Remember, whether or not God heals somebody is never an indication or a measure of whether or not God loves somebody. Okay, so you might want to finish the conversation saying, oh, I've loved meeting you today. Thank you for praying for me. Yeah, thank you. It's been great. Have an amazing day. You know what? I, I believe that God's real and he wants a relationship with you. So, And then maybe I'd have like a white Jesus in my back pocket and I'd just flick it out and I'd be if you want to take that. But you know, you probably haven't got that, but you can just point people to God. Okay, super easy. So let's talk through them again. Number one. Interview stage. So you're asking them. Number two. The measuring stage. You're measuring what the situation is. If it's measurable, obviously not everything you can measure. Number three. The praying stage. Praying stage. You're praying. Number four. Number four is the checking We're stage. checking. And number five. Go. We're going. We're finishing mm-hmm. the conversation. Okay, does yeah. that feel like, that feel fairly easy? Okay, let's repeat after me. Number one. Interview. 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 Number two. Number three. Number four. Check. Check. Are they on the screen? I oh, know you actually, actually got it. Number five. No. No. Okay, guys, you have, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you to be His witnesses. Here, further, further, further to the ends of the world. You have hope in your hands. Let's go for it.